Welcome to Earl Stewart on Cars with Earl and Nancy Stewart. Reach them with your questions at 877-960-9960. Here's Earl and Nancy. Good morning, everybody. Well, we're back, and we're glad we're back. We, by the way, this is the Earl Stewart on Cars show, and uh, we're kind of unique. We're on the uh, True Oldie station, which you're listening to right now, 95.9 and 106.9. But we're not really a musical show. We're not oldies. Well, I'm an oldie, but this is a show all about cars. Uh, We're going to talk to you this morning about how to buy, lease, repair, maintain your car without being ripped off by your car dealer. It's a consumer advocacy show that we do every Saturday at this time. Been on the air for a long time, started over a decade ago, and we are uh, not an infomercial. I want to make that clear. We're not, uh, I am a car dealer, I have to admit that, but uh, we're consumer advocates. And I say we, we have others in the studio with me. Uh, sitting to my immediate right is Rick Kearney. Rick is a, depending on your age, you would either call him a mechanic, an auto technician, or an auto computer scientist. Uh, millennials would probably refer to him as an auto computer scientist because our cars are now computers on wheels. Uh, but he's been through the evolution of the automobile pretty much in the past 20 to 25 years. Uh, it has really made some amazing changes. And he's here to answer any and all of your questions, hear any of your comments about the mechanics or the electronics or the computerability of a car. So, Rick... Uh, I know you'll be getting a lot of calls this morning. Good morning, everybody. And then to his right is Nancy Stewart. She's also my wife. Uh, She's my co-host. She's been uh, doing the show with me for all these years. And it's uh, hard to give a specific description because she kind of does it all. She's been on the show for a long time, and she's learned uh, a lot about from, from Rick, but she's probably more focused in the buying and leasing just like I am. But more importantly, she's the woman's spokesperson. She's the female advocate. She advocates for all of the uh, consumers, all of the car buyers. But she especially has a tender spot in her heart for women. And we acknowledge, and this is a revolution we're going through, hashtag me too. You can't turn on the news without seeing another man going down in flames. And... uh, the world's a changing, and the world's a changing with car dealers too, and the world's a changing with the way females are treated when they come into a car dealership. Now, Nancy had this figured out a long time ago, and she's very gratified to see things are changing for the better for females. So we are moving forward. Good morning, are. everyone. Thank you for joining us. And then uh, we have Tina from Bonita Springs on the line. Tina will be with you momentarily. Let's get through this introduction. Speaking of females, by the way, Tina is one of our most intelligent, articulate, car-savvy females, and we love her calls for the show. We always learn something from Tina. And we also have $50 this morning for the first two new lady callers. Exactly. And then next in the studio, filling out our automotive team here, is Stu Stewart. He's actually Earl Stewart III. We call him Stu because uh, I'm Earl too. And uh, Stu is, he's not a millennial. He's past that. But he's barely. Barely, yeah. But he's, <laughs> <laughs> he's very computer savvy. And yeah, the social media deluge that we live in today, the, the, the Snapchat and the 
Instagram and the Facebook and the Google and the Yelp and the, uh, you know, you name it, it's out there. Uh, he understands all that quite well. And we realized a few months ago that uh, we could enhance this radio show by going live video. And that's where we are now. We're doing live video. We're doing podcasts. We've really joined the 21st century in terms of communications. We take text. Uh, you can text us at area code 772-497-6530. And, of course, you can stream us live on Facebook just by going to facebook.com forward slash Earl Stewart on Cars. Just Earl on Cars. Earl on Cars. What happens if they go to Earl Stewart on Cars? I'll try it in a second. Let's know. We need to we need to be sure that it works both ways, but let's try Earl on Cars to be on the safe side. www.facebook.com forward slash Earl on Cars, and you'll see me in my blue shirt. You'll see Nancy in her is that fuchsia 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 shirt, and uh, and two handsome guys beside me, and not as handsome as I am, but anyway, <laughs> they're beside me. So we're live Facebook streaming video. You can um, talk to us on the Facebook by posting and as i said before you can text us you could email me email us or you can call us the old-fashioned way 877-960-9960 uh we're very candid uh what sets us apart from other shows of this type and i don't know of any but if there were other shows of this type chances are they wouldn't be as candid as we are we do a mystery shopping report. We visit a car dealership every week. We go in undercover, secretly, to pretend to buy or lease a car. Nobody does that. No one dares do that. And then we announce the results on the on the air. We name the dealership, the salesman, the sales manager, and we tell you exactly what happened. If we have a good experience, we put that dealership on our recommended dealer list. If we have a bad experience, we tell it like it is, the good, the bad, the ugly, and we put them on do not buy from this dealer list. We have never been sued in over a decade of doing these mystery shopping reports. Never been sued. Now that tells you something, right? It tells you we're being honest because there's a lot of lawyers listening and there are a lot of listeners that know lawyers and every car dealer, trust me, knows a lot of lawyers and when you call a lawyer and say, I want to sue Earl on cars because he said this about me on this mystery shopping report, the first question the lawyer is going to ask is, was he telling the truth? Mm-hmm. And if you tell the truth, it's a perfect defense against libel and slander. And so we've never been sued. So I think you can rest assured to the mystery shopping report that you'll hear in the second half of the show is the truth. I'm not going to tell you who the dealer is. We like him to be on pins and needles. Got a lot of dealers listening to the show. Car dealers all over. In South Florida, they're really nervous because we may visit them next. We visited most of the dealers in our market area. We stretch as far south as Fort Lauderdale, as far north as uh, Bureau. And we now have such a thing as, um, what do we call them, satellite shoppers. Yeah, we're deputizing people. Yeah, we're deputizing people. We have a deputy in North Carolina. We have a, a deputy now on the west coast of Florida, John Neal. Yeah. And uh, as a matter of fact, uh, Diana Neal, his wife, will you be just, calling you. You just show. outed your, your mystery shopper. Oh. That's okay. We'll use a uh, special code word for that. John, I'm sorry. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to, uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, John's a brave guy. He's yeah, a he tough is. guy. Oh, yeah. He's, He's not going to work. Exactly. 
Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we've got a great show in store for you, packed with a lot of information. Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And remember, ladies, first two new lady callers, $50 for you. So we're going to go to Tina, who is a regular caller. Good morning, Tina. Remind me not to rob a bank with you. (laughs) Good morning, everybody. How are you doing? Hey, Tina. Great. Um, I have a concern because the last few weeks I've been talking about recalls. And there's yet another recall from GM with their trucks. And it has to do with the power steering. The power steering can temporarily fail and cause loss of control with the vehicle. So they just issued that this weekend. But, you know, the recall situation has me kind of irritated because I feel like, in general, automakers have dropped the ball. It's not quality anymore. The quality is really lacking. I don't know if it's cost-cutting or what, but I read all the time about brand-new or fairly new cars that have engine failures, that have transmission failures. And this shouldn't be happening in a car that has less than 50,000 miles if the car is maintained. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Well, Tina, you know, I, 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 do, I agree with you, and I disagree to some extent. Uh, I think the quality in general has been going up uh, markedly over the past, say, 20 years. But I, I think I know what you're talking about in the, in the shorter run. And I think part of the problem is their change is both a good thing and a bad thing. When you change things, especially when you change things quickly, um, you are inviting glitches. You, uh, every new design is typically uh, got a few glitches in it for the first couple of years. I advise people on the show not to buy a new major change vehicle. A car comes out brand new, stem to stern, uh, new in, inside and new outside. Give it a year to work out the glitches. Stu has a point. Do you think it's fair to say that uh, manufacturers are more gun-shy now, especially after that, that huge Toyota sudden acceleration recall about eight years yeah. ago, yeah. that they're just not going to take chances and they just rather get it out there and not be accused of you know, hiding a problem? Exactly. I think they found out that announcing a recall is not bad for business. Uh, where they get in trouble is the cover-up. Uh, when they don't announce a recall and people start dying and people start asking them, why don't you recall these vehicles? So uh, I think both the fact, as Stu said, that there's a lot more transparency in admitting problems today, and there's also the uh, warp speed change we're going through. Um, I've been in the business since 1968, and I've never seen more changes uh, in the in the last five years than I have in that 50 years that we've had before. Rick, as a technician, uh, you see the changes even better than I do. Uh, I don't know how you stay on top of it. I, I have a real challenge. I, it's It's something we have to really work at just to keep up with the all the technology going in the cars. But uh, some of the biggest changes in engines and transmissions, like Tina's referring to, is the federal government keeps wanting emission standards to become lower and lower and lower to where the cars cannot produce nearly as many emissions. You know, they have to achieve these lower levels. At the same time, they want the fuel economy standards across the board raised higher and higher. And at the same time, you've got the gen- the public who says, well, it's all nice and well and good to have low emissions. And yeah, we love the great fuel economy, 
but we want the power and speed as well. Yeah. And the engineers are just, the, I got a feel for the engineers in some cases. They're having a hard time actually getting these engines and transmissions to produce what everybody wants and please everybody. And well, it, it's it's difficult. Well, I think I think we would agree that we see fewer mechanical, electronic, whatever you want to call it, <coughs> problems today in the in the day-by-day than we did 10 years ago. We're doing a whole lot of oil changes and tire rotations. Yeah. The, the, and and I think another big change, too, I think, is that a lot of these problems that we're seeing, they were occurring 20 years ago, but you didn't see them because we didn't have the Internet, yeah. you know, bla- that, that instantaneous, <laughs> all the information is out there on the Internet in milliseconds, mm-hmm. and everyone knows about it that quickly. Yeah. It was Good still point. occurring. It just, you know... The, Nobody really heard about it that much, and now it's just, you know, the news just pops right out into your face in an instant. Yeah, and there was a time whenever you woke up and turned the TV on, (coughs) and there was a, you know, a recall, and you'd say, oh, no. Well, now everyone has become accustomed to seeing those recalls, and they're glad to see them because there's transparency. They feel more comfortable with the auto industry, uh, with the manufacturers, and uh, we're moving in the right direction. Things are changing. Dana, thanks uh, for, for that observation. I think a lot of people feel the same way you do, that there's just a whole lot of problems. You can't you can't turn on the television. Uh, uh, you can't go online. You can't read a newspaper without seeing another recall. It's amazing. Millions and millions of cars. And the danger there is that the really serious ones, like the Takata airbag, are being taken for granted. People are, you know, all oh, big deal, another recall. The fact is, some of these recalls are big deals, and they don't seem to differentiate like they should between the more important ones and the, and the less important. Well, it all falls back to the consumer because, like we were talking before quite a while ago, some consumers are like, ah, no big deal. I'll take care of it tomorrow. Ah, no big deal. I'll take care of it next month. They never do. Mm-hmm. And then they put their lives in jeopardy along with all other drivers that come in contact with yes. in jeopardy. Yes. So if it, please, people, if there's a recall on your vehicle, that please really take care point. of it for the love of everybody. Yeah. You know, it's so important. That first owner, it's crucial because if, if they don't do it and it goes onto the used car market, forget about it. It's all over. That recall's not getting done. Exactly. It's usually more dangerous for yeah. the second or third owner than it is the first owner. Uh, the, the hard, sad fact is 75% of all recalls are never done. So uh, it's just, it's almost uh, crazy. Yeah, if, when you have a new car with a recall, you're not just fixing it for yourself. You're yeah. doing a civic duty by yeah. getting it done. We need two things. We need to make the uh, current owners more aware and, and take their cars in for recalls. And we need to find a better way to find the second, third, fourth owners. Uh, we, as a dealership, I, I, I told you that I have a car dealership in full disclosure and transparency. And when we get uh, a list from Toyota to contact for recalls, uh, the list is 90% obsolete. Yeah, I was going to say about 10% hit rate. Yeah. So we, uh, of the, of the, if we get a thousand names, we can only find a hundred people, and that's Toyota giving us a list. That's their freshest list. So that's crazy. Uh, they should be able able to go to the Department of Motor Vehicles in every state and get a current list of owners of all the cars. But we don't have that information. So the system needs fixed as much as the um, cars. Uh, the, uh, the, we announce and disclose the retolls. We just don't get the people in to fix the car. Wouldn't it be neat 
if there was a barcode inside each vehicle, all you had to do was scan it and the recall came right up. Well, you know, that's not a bad idea. Uh, The the VIN number is really all need to to do. If you could scan the VIN number, uh, you could link it with the NHTSA site, saferguard.gov. It would be so simple, just absolutely idiot simple, to be able to automatically notify everybody with a recall. Your idea is a great one, Tina, because we're talking now about communication between the manufacturer and the dealer and communication between the uh, manufacturer and the customer. So the manufacturers are and will soon be notifying customers that you're due for your 5,000 mile inspection. Well, if they could tell the customer they're due for a 5,000 mile inspection, why can't they tell them there's a recall? And how about this? They could do anything they want to. They could say, um, you know, you will I, I don't recommend this. They could even stop their car from moving if they didn't do the recall. I don't advocate that at all. That'd be crazy. But we have the controls technologically to enforce recalls. It's there. And somebody out there in a uh, position of authority, the legislators and the states and the federal government, do something about it. You know, we harp and harp and harp on recalls and Takata airbag and the apathy not just on the legislators and regulators' parts, but on the drivers' parts. But your idea, Tina, of having a immediate uh, way technologically to notify every driver whether or not that vehicle is under recall is a, a great idea. I thank you very much for that suggestion. Thank, oh, oh, you're welcome. And another thing I was thinking of, this is, not a recall, but when I had my Miata many years ago, I remember I had to have a full brake job done on it. Mm-hmm. And the axle bolts were not in good shape. They needed to be replaced. And the gentleman that repaired my car would not let me have my car back until those axle bolts, brand new axle bolts were put in. So I think it also kind of rests with a little bit with the person that's repairing your car or the garage. Mm-hmm. They can say, hey, no. until you let us, repair this recall, we are not going to let you have your, let you have your car back. Bottom line. Well, we uh, we just need to get the rules in force and execute them. There are a lot of, that's a great idea, another great idea, and I think everybody understands how to fix it, but someone want, needs to take the lead. Uh, somebody in the state or somebody in the federal government, ideally the auto manufacturers, but I don't think they're going to do that. Uh, it costs them millions and millions and millions of dollars. So if they sit on their hands, they're actually ahead of the game. The next financial statement, uh, the next stockholders report is going to look real good. So someone has to enforce this outside the auto manufacturers. Tina, thanks for a great call. We've got another female caller holding right now. We're on a roll. Hey, maybe we can have a day, uh, a morning of all female callers. You started it out just right. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. Thank you again, Tina. Uh, we're going to go to Eileen, who's calling from Stewart. Uh, good morning and welcome, Eileen. Good morning. It's Aileen, but that's okay. Aileen. <laughs> Hi. On the same level with the recalls, I have a GM that is an 09. It is a white torrent, and all the paint started flying off the back of it in sheets. Um, after I posted a picture of this, I had several other people posting the picture, 
that the same thing had happened to them. Um, I called GM. I contacted them. I spent a lot of time contacting. They said paint is only covered for 36,000 miles. I did find out this is a problem with uh, the primer. Mm -hmm. And I'm just wondering, do they not care as much because it is exterior and not engine? Why would they not have a recall on this? It would cost them a couple hundred dollars to solve a problem for somebody and not have somebody like me go on a radio show calling them out on it. Yeah. Hey, Aileen, um, that's a great question. I know you hear that all the time on these interviews. Everybody says that's a great question. But this really is a great question. Uh, the reason I say so is I've been fighting this battle for years and years. And uh, I, I win most of my battles. I haven't won this one. I've won it for my customers. I haven't won it for the population at large. Uh, white paint uh, is uh, an interesting color because... It, all white cars tend to fade more than non-white cars. I always wondered why that was. Um, one of the reasons is they've chosen for some reason, the manufacturers, not to put clear coat on white paint. Toyota had a thing. Clear, yeah. clear coat is simply a, like a lacquer kind of a finish you put over the top of the paint. And on all other colors, most all other colors, they put this clear coat on. The clear coat that goes over the white paint uh, emits uh, fumes into the air and of course we have an environmental protection agency <clears throat> every manufacturer is regulated and they measure the fumes that you exude into the into the uh, atmosphere and they they put regs on how many you may exude or you will shut the plants down so some of the manufacturers made the choice because the clear coat really blows the the fumes out a lot uh, they said, we're just going to stop putting clear coat on white cars. Now, white cars are the most popular color. And they use more white paint than any other paint. So, what a quick, easy fix to solve the problem of having the Federal Environmental Protection Agency on your back. So, they put all these cars out there with clear coat. They give you a three-year warranty. And the paint fades, and they knew it was going to fade. And they say, sorry, your, your car's out of warranty. So... What do we do? Uh, are any lawyers listening out there? I mean, this is a doozy of a class action suit. Uh, it is, and now I saw that Ford is having the problem, and yeah. there is a class action suit Good. Uh, for Ford, um, but not for General Motors. And um, also, it does. it's not the whole entire vehicle. Mm -hmm. And the vehicles that I have seen that are like mine, it's the same thing. It starts from above the back door and goes to the back but the front is all fine yes. and the funny thing is they wanted me to bring it to i brought it to a couple paint shops and they pointed out that the front of the vehicle is absolutely fine it was yep. just the back and you could see where it was start it was bubbling where it was inferior yeah. and gm said well i want you to get a report for me but you can't go to a third party shop you have to go to a gm shop and you have to pay for it it's like mm -hmm. like i'm gonna give you more money after this yeah right well it, it usually uh, fades quicker on the flat surfaces where, where it's directly exposed to the sun and the only thing you can do and uh, this is too late for you aileen because you've had the car for nine years but but you folks out there that just bought a white car 
uh, you should wax that car more often than you would wax, wax a normal car. You should keep it, if at all possible, under cover out of the sun. Uh, if you do that, you can preserve the paint. It's a shame to put that burden. Uh, if you bought a blue or green car, you wouldn't have to worry about it. And if you bought a white car, someone should have told you. Uh, someone should have said, Aileen, <clears throat> this white car, I know it's your favorite color. You want to con consider this uh, tan or this blue car. What's your second favorite color? And given you the option and said, if you buy this, your paint warranty is three years. And after that, the paint's going to fade and we can't fix it. That would be transparency. They should have told you this. They don't tell you this. And here you are. So uh, thank you very much. That was a great call. Stu has a point he'd like to make. And if you really love white, um, a lot of manufacturers will have like a, uh, an option for like a pearl mm -hmm. finish that does have the clear coat, but it's more money. Exactly. Usually about a couple hundred dollars more uh, to buy a pearl finish, but you won't have a problem with that. Exactly. Good point. Oh, yeah, I won't, I won't buy white anymore. I learned my... <laughs> well, <laughs> the funny thing was it was not a Florida car. For five years, I had it in New York. I see. Well, that's a great call, okay. Aileen. Thank you no, so I'm much. <laughs> Aileen, you won yourself $50, and I want to thank you for calling Earl Stewart on cars. Oh, thank you. Give us a call again. <laughs> okay. Rick? One of the things that I've noticed, you know, being a, a car guy and a mechanic, I look at cars when I'm driving. I, I notice other cars. And I have noticed a lot of General Motors cars that the paint literally peels off in like giant sheets, mm. leaving that gray primer exposed. Delamination, they call and it. Exactly. And it's so obvious the General Motors and a lot of other manufacturers are having problems with these paint surfaces. Maybe they're not prepped properly. Maybe they're not the proper chemicals. I don't know. But something's happening where this paint is its literally, it looks like you could peel it off in a big sheet and well, leave was just a, that gray primer. I was a Pontiac dealer many years ago, and some of the uh, biggest money I ever made <coughs> in the car business was painting Pontiacs. Relaminating. Relaminating. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, you're not. You probably won't believe this, and only if you're in the business can you fully appreciate this. But I had a body shop as a Pontiac dealer. I was on South Dixie Highway in West Palm Beach, and um, we aggressively went out and told our customers that uh, this is called paint delamination, when the paint just literally peels off, falls on the garage yep. floor, blows off in the wind, and so we said we can fix that for you, bring it in the body shop, and we get paid. Uh, a couple thousand dollars back then to paint the car. And it was just such good money, I, I bought another body shop. Hmm. And then I filled that body shop up, and then I bought another body shop. Uh, at, the, at the peak of the General Motors' biggest delamination, I was running four body shops. <laughs> I had wow. One, I had three. I had one in Lake Worth. Um, I can't remember where they all were, but... <laughs> And then when it dried up, I didn't know what to do with the body shops. I finally <laughs> had to sell them. But it was, yeah. a, it was fun while it lasted. And I, th I want to thank General Motors for the lousy paint jobs they used yeah. to get. And I just learned something about you. We'll talk about it after the show. <laughs> <laughs> haven't, haven't we discussed in the past about depreciation and the color that you choose whenever you purchase a car? Yeah. And the recommendations of buying a white car, you know, compared to driving off a lot with a purple yeah. car. Uh, the depreciation is amazing. And the popular colors were white, black, silver. 
Isn't it sad that uh, the white car that's got a high resale value also has no clear coat and the paint fades? Exactly. uh, The high resale value only applies if your paint doesn't fade on the car. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's true. That's a bad catch to get in. You think you're going to get higher resale value, then they, they yeah. hit you because you get a bad paint job. Exactly. Exactly. Give us a call, ladies and gentlemen, 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And remember, that mystery shopping report is coming up just about 930 this morning. Well, we have a text. I'll give that text number out before Stu reads the text. Again, it's 772 772- Four nine seven six five three zero seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero. Please text us, and we have one right now. This is a great question. It says, uh, and this is from Anne Marie. Uh, Good morning. I've been watching all the hurricane coverage on TV. The Weather Channel and all the news reporters clearly tell people turn around, don't drown. So don't drive through standing water because you don't know how you don't know how deep it is. Now, say you stay at home and you hunker down and you don't go out driving in a flooding raid event like Hurricane Florence. How high does the water have to get before a car or truck, say, 10 years old or newer, gets totaled? I realize a big truck can sit in higher water than a Corolla before the electronics take a hit. I know old mechanical vehicles, well, computers could survive deeper waters for a short time, but how deep does it have to get before a new or relatively new vehicle is in danger of being totaled by floodwaters? Just wondering. Thanks, Anne-Marie. Well, yeah, Rick, Rick can answer that better than I. The one thing I would say is, it really doesn't make a lot of difference how deep the water is if you're going too fast. So you could you could have four inches of water that could really damage your engine if you went through it too fast. Uh, so uh, Rick can speak more directly to the actual depth of the water, and I believe he'll tell you that certain models are designed better, meaning protecting the engine from the water than other models. Well, believe it or not, it's not so much the engine. Uh, what happens in most cases is these cars are sitting still and the water rises up into them because they're in a low-lying area. And one of the rules of thumb that we heard from insurance companies, and this was kind of not a, not a set fast rule, anything set in concrete. This was just their kind of general rule of thumb. If the water level inside the car touched the bottom of the dashboard, they would pretty much consider the car was totaled because there were too many components had gotten water inside the car and all those electronic computer controlled components are what adds up that big bill and costs the most. If the engine simply gets full of water, say you're driving through a puddle, you're going nice and easy, suddenly your engine stalls out. Don't try to restart it, get the car towed, and generally, all that happens to happen is we remove the spark plugs, you know, I just, crank the engine you know, just, to get the water out, and just, change all the fluids. Just interrupting just briefly because I can see me now. I'm going through the water, and I'm on major US-1 wherever, yep. and my car stalls. <laughs> i got a line of traffic a mile long behind me, and the horns are blowing at me, and I'm going to sit there and wait and not try to start my car well, and get out of the way. I know that's the right thing to do, yeah. but I just, I just kind of wonder. It's a, it's a difficult thing, but yeah. if you do try to start it, if it starts back up, okay, but if you turn the key and you hear just a clunk, yeah. stop there. You have water in the engine so much that it's not going to spin the engine. You're going to damage it. But it's, what really happens is folks will go into those puddles and they're racing the engine at a really high RPM. And when that big wave of water gets sucked in, especially when that guy in the big giant 4x4 
suddenly blazes past you in the deepest part and throws a, a typhoon wave over the top of you, a yeah. tsunami over the top of your car, <laughs> that water gets sucked into your engine. And if your engine is revving too hard, when that cylinder fills up with water, well, water doesn't compress. Yeah. And suddenly things bend and break. And that's Aren't where you get the big expense. in the engines today in different model cars and make cars to, to protect the, the intake. There are. And, and how do you find out about that? In other words, I'm buying a car, I'm car shopping. Uh, would Consumer Reports, if anybody would have that information, they would. Uh, is there a question as a car buyer that I could ask and say, does this car have fill in the blank? It's a great question for your salesman. Yeah. And, just, and look at him stare at you back blankly because yeah. <laughs> they won't know. They won't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I won't know. Uh, the best way is just with a little bit of just eyeballing, open the hood, and look at the big tube. You can see the tube that comes from the air cleaner. And if it looks like that tube has a bunch of extra boxes on it and different tubes coming out, they're actually designed to where when that wave of water goes in, it has somewhere to go I think we at need, lower points. I think we need a better idea, Rick. I mean, you're in the business. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. tough to tell, no, I really. Don't, I, I can't even open up my hood of my car. Uh, you know, so it's, it's Inflatable pontoons. <laughs> <laughs> let's, mm. let's do a little research on that. Um, I like the idea just to avoid the puddles. I think, I think you're a, absolutely that's right. That's a great but idea. I, but I think it's not a bad idea. I know there are cars, and I've read and I can't remember. We can Google this, probably get a good answer. I know there are vehicles out there that are designed to go through water. I would tell you probably that the uh, uh, off-road type cars that are true off-road, uh, the four-wheel drives that are real off-road vehicles would have that design then. And there's probably a specific terminology for it, and I think it's something we probably... Well, they, uh, they have snorkels that okay. actually get the air intake so high up and are so protected from any yeah. water splashing that there's no chance they're going to get water in the well, engine that way. I want a snorkel way. in my car. It would look very, very unattractive on your car. Yeah. yeah. So we can do it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Okay. 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And uh, Alicia called me this past week and asked me about uh, the certified master diagnostic technician and how important it is for her to find one to work on her car and if she didn't what would happen rick this is for you i'm looking at one right now well uh believe it or not we're becoming a rare bird you are, are, you, are you endangered are you an endangered oh, species no. we're, we're actually <laughs> on the threatened list we are protected. on the threatened list we are not yet endangered so if you kill rick you could go to jail. Yes, you, you might. You might for the threatened list. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It, when we do get Maybe on the endangered fine. list, then if you kill me, yeah, you you would go to jail for at least five years, I believe. But yeah, seriously, Rick. R right are, now are we're we're actually threatened between? because a lot of this industry really is not getting the the people we need in uh -huh. that are willing to put forth the effort to try to learn yeah. all these new systems. And so it's become a very difficult thing. Like so many other things in high tech, we got a lot of jobs available, but we don't have the trained people exactly. to take the exactly. Yeah, exactly. Robots. Well, Alicia, keep looking and uh, stay in touch. Uh, wish you a lot of luck. Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Now back to the recovering car dealer. 
Yeah, we love those texts. Uh, I like to get a little backlog here. It's nice to have three or four texts uh, in the hopper uh, to go back to. We always try to get to every one. And worst case scenario, we might have to answer one offline, maybe by email or text back to you or the following week. But we do try very hard to answer all the texts. So please text us at 772-497-6530. That's 772, area code. 497-6530. Texting is so cool. I just, you know, it's 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 far less intrusive. It keeps, you have a record of it. You can always get back to it. 772-497-6530. I brought in a classified, talking about endangered species, the auto-classified section. Do you need the magnifying uh, yeah, this glass? Is, this is the last of the Mohegans. <laughs> what is that? Uh, Roger Dean Chevrolet. Roger Dean Chevrolet has been in business locally uh, before I was uh, in business. Now, that's old. And uh, Roger Dean, you have the Roger Dean Stadium. And so apparently Roger Dean never got the message that nobody advertises in the newspapers anymore, uh, especially the Palm Beach Post. Yeah. News Rick doesn't know what this is. Per what is this stuff? <laughs> Might get some ink on your this, hands. This there. could be uh, this could be worth a lot of money. This is the possibly the last auto classified newspaper ad. But the real reason I brought it in, uh, and I do it because we visual now. We have live Facebook video. If you look uh, closely, you'll see these special lease rates, and they say sign and drive. Ooh, sign and drive. That's one of my pet peeves. Is the fact that nobody. The Attorney General, uh, the Federal Trade Commission, none of our regulators enforce the rules. And when you say something implying that you don't have to put any money out of your pocket to drive one of these Chevrolets home, it's just not right. I'm picking on Roger Dean, not because he's worse than other dealers. I'm picking on Roger Dean because he made himself an easy target by being in the dinosaur newspaper classified section so I can show the fine print. And the fine print is down there at the bottom. I won't ask you to read it, but that's the fine print that discloses what a real sign and drive means. Now, what the sign and drive really means, and I think I can read this without them. Oh, I've got the <laughs> magnifying yeah, glass. If you can't see that on Facebook video, yeah. don't worry. You wouldn't see yeah. it in person either. So, so this is why you need one of these to read <laughs> this down here. So what it really says is uh, this sign and drive means you also have to come up with the sales tax title and registration fees, the dealer fees, and the acquisition fees. Now, a couple of thousand dollars. A right couple there. thousand dollars. And your first payment. Exactly, and your first payment. So you're looking at least for $0 down, sign and drive. That really means $2,000 down, sign and drive. So I want to ask Pam Bondi, our state attorney general, why do you allow this to happen? Don't you care what happens to the car buyers of Florida? I heard, uh, and this was third party, and I'm not going to say you really said this, but you said uh, uh, in th kind of a third party conversation that you didn't want to pick on the businessmen because they were big contributors, and the car dealers are the biggest contributors. And uh, if that's the case, shame on you, Pam Bondi. But this is a violation. It should not be. Oh, I'm sorry. I got it in the wrong I was looking at myself there. Webcam <laughs> yeah. mirror. Yeah. And, uh, You're so handsome, it's frightening. That's true. Anyway, <laughs> that's just a little aside uh, to mention that you want to know that sign and drive 
means two thousand dollars down. Yeah, Translated into auto speak, auto dealer speak, zero means two thousand dollars. And exactly. to your and to your classified, when I get a phone call from a woman who asks me if she should count on walking out of the dealership with a car, should she? And I say that that's the first thing on your mind, that you should walk out without a car. Mm-hmm. Don't make any hasty decisions. Yep. Here's a, and I just, yeah, I that's forgot. a good rule of thumb and you just came up with. Drive yeah. is one Basically, add $2,000 to anything you yeah, see in a newspaper, and you might be pretty good. Exactly. <laughs> and by, by the way, just, just, to be, just to be even more, let me go after Pam Bondi just one more time here. Attorney General for the state of Florida. Yes. The Florida law statute, the law, on the Florida books, and she's the highest-ranking law enforcement officer in the state. Florida law says you must include the dealer fee and the advertised price of the car. And the fine print here, it just says dealer fee. It doesn't have the, first of all, it doesn't include it, and it also doesn't tell you the amount. So that's a double whammy. This dealer is breaking the law. And again, Sorry about picking on Roger Dean because they all do it. All the car dealers in Florida do not include the real dealer fee into their advertised price. First of all, the dealer fee should be illegal anyway. It is a joke. It is a travesty. It is a hidden profit to the dealer that sprung on the customer at the last minute. After he's been quoted the price, advertised the price, they add the profit on. And it's in the thousands of dollars now. And it's hidden by different names. It's confusing. Yeah. It's impossible to figure out what yeah. you're paying for. There's, there's probably 100 names. And you can, for be the, you can be the shrewdest, you know, consumer on earth. But, uh, you know, when you walk into a dealership, these car salespeople, this is what they do. This is what they're educated to do, and they know how to get around things and slip things by you. So, buyer beware. 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. I'm going to go to one of my favorite, co- one of our favorite callers, and that's John from Palm City. Good morning, John. Good morning to everyone. Morning. Today I have on my mind automatic transmissions. Rick said himself, follow to change the transmission fluid, follow your manufacturer recommendations, with some exceptions. One that I can think of, if you trailer, you pull a motorhome or even a heavy boat trailer, change it more often. But the interesting thing about it is, Carl Icahn, Icahn, who we know who he is, a billionaire, similar to like Warren Buffett, who's in the car business, owns a lot of new car dealerships. Warren Buffett is has 4,000 repair shops throughout the country. He's in used cars for one reason. He's selling relatively newer cars to Uber and Lyft that have bad transmissions. How can he do it? He owns Amoco. He owns Pep Boys. He owns 15% of Hertz, which, by the way, brings in a lot of cars with bad transmissions, newer cars that's been abused. And um, he's making quite a business out of this uh, later cars that have bad transmissions. And uh, what I want to say is um, he's also ownership of Federal Mogul, which is an engine rebuilding, large engine manufacturer. He's going to sell that to Teneco for about $5.4 providing... Here's the term 
that they sell the engine parts to him at lower prices than they do to the general public. So, Creva, you know, it's a saying that the rich get richer, and it shows people like Icon and Warren Buffett are heavily into the automobile business. Yeah, Warren made all his money in insurance, and we know that uh, your premiums are always more than your claims. It's a simple formula. Incidentally, while we're on automatic transmissions, I just started high school, a little nostalgia, and one of the largest uh, automobile industrial fires took place in Livonia, Michigan. General Motors, hydromatic plant, it burned completely to the ground. It was like $35 million worth of damage, and three employees were killed. But if you remember, hydromatic was so popular, not only on the General Motors cars, they made them for other cars like uh, Lincoln and Rolls-Royce and other manufacturers. So it put them out of business for, on that about 90 days, and they, um, it was crazy. My brother-in-law at the time had an Oldsmobile, and they, there was no hydromatic, so they put Dynaflow in it, and he only kept that car for about two months because he had nothing but problems, leakage, etc., etc. But what they did with the people when the hydromatic was back fixed again, the plan, then they would uh, automatically mm-hmm. put the, trans- the right transmission back in the car. So just a little nostalgia, $35 million damage wow. to a hydromatic plant burning to the ground. And here we are at the st- point of our automotive development where there won't be any transmissions anymore because everything will be electric. That's right. Very well, soon. I agree with you, but the thing that upsets me is, as Rick pointed out, there are some new cars that you can't even, I'm the old-fashioned way, I want to check my dipstick, I want to make sure my oil level is exactly what it should be, and I want to just check the fluid that it doesn't smell burnt or dark color or anything. Mm-hmm. And if I did see anything in it, I would change it more often than what the manufacturer recommended. Yeah. yeah. So that to me is important to see the dipstick and check the level. And uh, they say on some of the new cars, you can't even do that. Yeah. Never see a dipstick again. Yep. It's sad. Gone with the wind. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to miss those dipsticks. <laughs> yeah, <right>. John. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Old timers like you and me, John, I know what you mean. It is kind of sad. I, I don't even open my hood anymore. There's, you know, I can't. It's too understand. scary. It's too yeah, scary. It I just don't know what, what it is. I don't like staring at things I don't know and understand. So uh, I just call Rick and he tells me. I agree with you. <laughs> All right. Thanks, John. Oh, looking forward to the shopping report. Thank you very much. You know, it's, it was an amazing time back then. You know, uh, Saturday morning, you know, you just went out and you took care of your car. And dipstick was, you know, part of the routine. Mm-hmm. You know, putting in your windshield wiper fluid, checking, checking the dipstick, uh, so many things. The pressure in your tires, you know, you wash your car. The old days. Thank you, Rosie the Riveter. <laughs> <laughs> Only the old timers got that one. Even Jonathan is not laughing. He doesn't. Oh, he got it. Okay. I miss those days, yeah. you know. Just Rosie, tinkering, I think I think we have a caller. Under the hood. Yes, we do. All right. He's cutting me off. All righty. We're going to go to Jeff, and he's calling from West Palm Beach. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning, guys. How are you? Well, thank you. I got a call. First of all, I appreciate your show. I happened to find you accidentally one Saturday morning, and now you got me hooked. I listen every Saturday. I do. I do enjoy the show. Oh, nice. Uh, I got a question. I bought a 2007 Jeep Wrangler from a, a car lot, 
and I don't have any history on it. It's got 125,000 miles. It drives good. The, uh, the little engine icon is on, but that seems to come and go. My question is, since I don't know what the service history is on it, should I? what should I do to it other than I've already changed the oil, but is there anything else that would be recommended? With, that, a, with a VIN <clears throat> number, uh, you may be able to see what service history occurred with a uh, Jeep dealer. Uh, if you went to a, uh, the dealership and there is a database if he had if the maintenance was done with a dealer uh, Chrysler Jeep would have it in their database if the if it was done somewhere else then of course there would be no record of it uh, you can find the previous owner depends on how hard you want to work on this uh, Jeff if you could find the previous owner sometimes just a, a phone call uh, would be the way to go uh, there is on the title uh, chain uh, you can research that if uh, you say you bought it from a, did you buy it from a Jeep dealer or did you buy it from a used car dealer? Used car dealer. Yeah. Uh, I, t- I take it into a Rego Jeep. Where do you live? In, in West Palm. Yeah. I'm close to uh, Yeah, Rigo. take it into Naplin or Rego and go in there and just explain your dilemma and say you'd like to find out what the maintenance has been to the vehicle. Can you check to see if there's been maintenance done at, at Jeep dealerships? It should be in their computer. He could tell you that right away. Uh, even Carfax uh, has reports if the if the dealership agrees to report the maintenance. They have Carfax is famous for their knowing the wreck history, the flood history, and they get that data from the insurance companies. But they also have data from dealers. Most dealers subscribe to that now, so you can pull a Carfax report on that 2007 Wrangler. Number one, number two, go to the Jeep dealer, and then ask if they will tell you who the previous owner was and call the previous owner. And Jeff for that Assuming check that engine that light. Go ahead. Uh my my recommendation on that swing in at your local AutoZone or Discount Auto Parts. They have those little code pullers and usually what they have is they they've got one behind the counter that they will come out and pull the code for you and tell you what that diagnostic trouble code is for free. For free. Wow. They it's AutoZone especially, I know for a fact, will do it for free. They will pull the code for you, tell you what it is. Usually they're going to then try to sell you the part that'll, that they think will correct it. Sure. But And it, once they tell you that code, uh, go ahead and Google that just to double check and check on like Jeep forums. And all it really takes is just a little bit of time. It doesn't cost you anything at that point to find out what that code is and whether it's something that you definitely want to get taken care of or if it's something that you can pretty much ignore and the only other thing that i'd recommend is i would actually just for if you're planning on keeping it for a while go ahead and have all the fluids changed the transmission fluid and the differential fluids power steering fluid and the coolant and it probably would give you some pretty good service because some of those older wranglers they uh They've got a mystique, and there's some people out there that will really, really give you too much information on you know how wonderful those things are, or that they like to play with them. Okay. that's kind of what I was figuring, and but I I do appreciate the advice. Excuse me, the advice. Yeah, good thing about Jeeps, uh, Jeff, is they have good resale value, and so when you are ready to sell it or trade it, uh, surprisingly, I mean they don't have that great of a, a maintenance and repair. Uh, rating from Consumer Reports and things like that, 
but the mystique is so great and the design and the appeal so high that they maintain their resale value. So uh, it's a good investment as long as you are prepared for the maintenance. Yeah, I bought it for my nine-year-old son, and he enjoys it probably more than I do. That's a little young to be driving, huh? <laughs> oh, he's, he's not driving it yet. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Well, Jeff, thanks very, thanks very much for deciding to be a regular. I hope you listen every Saturday, and I hope you call every Saturday. Uh, really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Have a great weekend. You Thank too. Thank you, Jeff. You do the same. 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And I'm going to give that text number out because we've got two texts now, and we're starting to build a backlog, which is good. So you texters out there, 772-497-6530. area code, 497-6530. And Stu, can uh, you read us those? Yes, sweet. I got a couple of texts. Actually, one's from our live Facebook feed. One is from the text line. Oh. Uh, the text line question says, I'm thinking about purchasing an aftermarket Pioneer CarPlay console device, referring to the Apple CarPlay. Um, how does that attach, and, how does that attach and, and function within my existing dashboard console? Garrett in Lake Worth. Uh-huh. Believe it or not, I just recently, about uh, a little less than a year ago, put a Kenwood CarPlay radio into my Tacoma pickup. The they have the all the trim panels are available aftermarket through Amazon. It's one of the greatest places, and they have the what they call an interface device available as well, so that your steering wheel controls will work perfectly with the radio. They even have them designed so that you can program those steering wheel controls to where just pressing the button once will do one thing. And a double tap on it will do other features. I'm going to have an Earl-style question, even though I know the answer. What is Apple CarPlay? Apple CarPlay <laughs> is the absolute top-line generation. This makes your cell phone work with your radio in such a manner that your radio actually is a mirror for certain apps on your cell phone. The ones that are safe to use while you're driving. Things like your music. Your phone calls. Podcasts, so you can listen to the show. Podcasts. And <laughs> one of the best features that I love on it is text. Audiobooks. Texting. Believe it or not, driving along, I get a text in my truck. I take my hand off the wheel for a moment, just touch the screen one time. You're under arrest. I'm saying, and then my hands are back on <laughs> <Fail>. the wheel. <laughs> my hands are off the wheel less time than it takes me to scratch my nose. And everything oh, else is done verbally between <laughs> me and the radio. It reads the text. I then respond, and it asks. It takes a, everything is done verbally at that point. CarPlay is one of the greatest systems. Yeah. Almost every single manufacturer out there is now going to CarPlay, simply because it works. Works. So Sweet. the answer yeah. to, to the texture here is yes. The Pioneer system. Yes. And, you know, uh, to hear Rick explain that, when I hear the word aftermarket now, I get a shudder. But for so many years, aftermarket was junk, all yeah. of it. Yep. And we would have more complaints. I've been in the business since 1968 uh, and in the 70s, the 80s, and the 90s. And when a customer say, I'm having a problem with this, and we would say, it's aftermarket, it's junk, you should have bought a yeah. factory 
fill yeah. in the blank. And the, we always recommended the factory. Now the aftermarkets are so good, you still have to be careful. You still have to be selective. Yeah. But uh, the quality name brand, yeah. and I can actually answer about the about Pioneer, the the texture wasn't about Pioneer. A guy in our parts department, he put that in his car, and he just swore swore by it. So yeah. now there is brand. one other factor here. Up until just recently, in order to use CarPlay with your Apple phone or with the Google Android phone, which it's same thing, but it's by the, the Google Car apps. Yeah. But your phone had to be plugged into the radio by way of a USB cable into physically connected to the radio. Yeah. However, there are now radios coming out primarily for Apple. The Google Android system will follow very quickly that has wireless Bluetooth. CarPlay. Yep. And you simply pair the phone by Bluetooth and the Apple CarPlay works directly yeah. from your phone without being plugged the in. Phones are, are, the phone is already to do it. The software is yep. ready. The car manufacturer has to catch up. And the latest aftermarket radios now have that availability. And especially if you've got one of those key wireless chargers in your car, your phone never even gets we plugged may, in. Yep. You simply drop to, it on the charger and you're there. We may have to sedate these two techies here. I love Sorry, I'm excited about I'm drooling a bit here because I get so excited by these. It's awesome. I saw Stu's eyes light up whenever he asked a question, and these little horns came out of his head. Seriously, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Garrett, for a great, incredibly insightful question. Keep them coming. Absolutely. What a group of experts right here in the studio at 95.9 and 106.9 FM. You are listening to Earl Stewart on Cars. Be part of the show. Give us a call. 877-960-9960, or you can text us. Stu's reading the texts. We're getting a lot. 772-497-6530. You texters are really doing a great job. Thank yeah, you. 772-497-6530. Stu, we got two more texts? Yeah, actually, these are uh, questions coming in on our live Facebook feed on oh. Facebook. Um, it comes from Craig, who is a weekly listener. He's on, or watcher, I should say. He's, uh, he's on every week. And Craig asks, if these car ads are illegal, why, are, why do the newspapers allow them to be run? Why are they even taking the money for it? Craig, I've had so many fights with the newspapers back when they were still newspapers about this. And uh, the answer I get from the marketing department, it's not their job. It's not their responsibility. Um, most... Uh, Television, radio, newspaper, online, all, all those sources of advertisement have a separation generally from their content, uh, their editorial, their news, and their advertising departments. The advertising departments keeps the ship afloat, and the advertising managers and editors have huge power. So if the, even the publisher of the newspaper defers to the advertising marketing departments, and they try to protect them. So a car dealer comes in. I'll give you. I'll use an example. Napleton. Napleton back in the day, and they're one of the dealers that we go after most in this market. We have every Napleton dealership uh, up until today has been on the do not buy list, and we have uh, gone after them because of their dishonest advertising and their lack of transparency, lack of ethics, and uh, about uh, ten years ago. Uh, Mr. Napleton uh, got himself in a little bit of trouble, and they put his mugshot in the Palm Beach Post. Oh, boy. 
and the Palm Beach Post ran a big, and you know, mugshots never look good. No. <laughs> I mean, I if, if I ever get arrested, I'm going to make it a point a, to Tom, smile. Tom DeLay. Pleasantly. I'm going to. Exactly. I'm going to smile when they take, but, uh, but N- Napleton did not do that, and it was just very unflattering. Anyway. Terrible. Uh, he boycotted the Palm Beach Post for like three or four years. And it, w- it really hurt him because he was their single largest advertiser. So back on your your point, the media is very hesitant uh, to correct ads even though they know Bite they're the illegal. Bite the hand that feeds them. And they don't want to know they're illegal. Another a- answer you'll get from the marketing department is, oh, I, did, I don't know the rules. I've called the TV stations oh. about the dealer fee. And I've raised heck with the TV station. And finally, I actually had to get the dealership. I had to call the manufacturer to call the dealer to get the ad change. The, the TV station, knowing it was illegal, wouldn't take it off the air. The person I blame is Pam Bondi. She's a top law enforcement officer in the state of Florida, yeah. and she ignores she has all this. She a lot of power. Exactly. Attorney General has a whole lot of power. You know, there was a time, say, 10 years ago when we came into the studio together, and we had a shopping bag full of classified. It was just an yeah. amazing time. And yeah. how many this morning? Yeah. How many? How many? One in the whole paper. Exactly. Saturday paper. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And shall I take time to talk about the Palm Beach Post? No. If I got the newspaper, <laughs> I would have known that. <laughs> yeah, I'm known hey. in my neighborhood as a guy with all the newspapers. And, uh, and uh, they see me go they out in the, the, the morning and I'm picking up all my papers. Or, What's he doing? Somebody keeps littering his driveway. I don't he, know. Has, he has a lot of parrots. Earl, you know, in his house. Earl goes out the front door with a wheelbarrow, goes down the driveway and puts all the newspapers in. He's, Honey, I got the newspapers. I said, oh, let me help you. Yeah, you know you can get those online. All right, sorry about that. That's another show. 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Be part of the show. You are an important part of the show. Without you, we have no show. And I want to take a moment and thank John and Jonathan, who helps us out so much in the control room. A great group of guys. Yes. Now back to the recovering car dealer. We've got another text, but I'm going to give that text number out because our backlog is reduced a little bit. We only have one text waiting. That number is 772-497-6530. Text us. At 772-497-6530. Now, Stu will read our text. Uh, uh, Steve is watching our live video on Facebook, and he says, I heard you mention changing all the fluids in a Jeep. Were you able to learn anything about the fluids change requirements in a 2016 Acura RDX, I'm looking at Rick, or a 2008 Ford Edge? Very specific vehicles. You're on the spot now, Rick. Okay, the RDX. I did find that they recommend... The fluid changes all at basically around 60,000 miles, believe it or not. Hmm. Acura has some very uh, low mileage maintenance recommendations there. So for your RDX, plan on 60,000 miles. I wonder what uh, Honda, of course Acura is made by Honda. I wonder if Honda has the same requirement. I mean, that wouldn't be right, would it? Because Acura is a Honda, and a Honda is an Acura, just like a... Infinity is a Nissan, and Nissan yeah. yep. is Infinity. Yeah. Toyotas and Lexus get the same treatment, right? Same very, very much yeah. so, yes. Yeah. 
Well, we'll find out about that, but that is an awful tight maintenance requirement. Yeah. It doesn't sound right. If it's not right, if it's not the same for Honda, we'll let you know, and then we'll find out if we can do a little uh, undercover investigation. That's right. Could be a scam to provide more maintenance for the dealers. Right. Well, and that that's actually coming directly from Acura factory yeah. oh. website. So oh, sure. yeah. that's their recommendation, which, you know, maybe they're erring on the side of caution. They're well, simply si- they, deciding they, that yeah, they, 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 can't they like hurt. their dealers. They like their dealers to have more service business. Yeah, the more times people come in for service, the more cars, the more accurate they sell. How about that two thousand eight Edge? What what was the rule? Anybody Google that? I'm looking that up right now, and I've got a PDF file coming up right now. Let's see what it says for me. I love PDFs. I can usually <laughs> very basic and easy to read. So. I keep. What does PDF stand for? Um, something document format. Uh, Photoshop document format. Ah, yes. Never knew that. Maybe Earl, close. Earl, Earl Stewart on what? I don't know what it is. Seven seven two, four nine seven six five three zero. But we're getting more messages now on our live Facebook stream, which is Facebook dot com forward slash Earl on Cars. Eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty. If you'd like to call and talk to us directly, um, any question is an important question. And also, ladies, uh, fifty dollars for one more female, new female caller. So give us a call. Eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty. I just got a text on my personal cell phone that said, "What is the show phone number?" Eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty. I'll reply. I use your phone. Oh, okay. But we do have a. We just got a text that came in that I don't know the answer to, but maybe Rick does. It's another question about the new Supra that everybody's excited about. Yeah. Uh, it says, "Will I be able to order the 2019 Toyota Supra with a stick shift?" I'm gonna guess, yeah, because it's a sports car yeah. and yeah. they're gonna push the performance. But Rick. Uh, I have not yet heard anything on that yet. They haven't given us anything specific on the specs on that car. But again, I would pretty much agree that being a sports car and their Toyota is finally going after that market, I think they probably will have a manual transmission in that vehicle. Well, maybe someone can tell us and call the show. Akio Toyota. If you're tuned in Akio. to Earl on Cars. Now, hey, we're international. We're worldwide. <laughs> Akio Toyota is the chairman of the board of Toyota, and he can stream us. Yes. And uh, we know Akio yeah, Toyota. He's a he comes to the meetings. Guy. Yeah, he's a really great guy. Mm-hmm. Akio took over. His, gr- his grandfather was the founder of Toyota, or was it his great-grandfather? Right. It, it was his grandfather. 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 Right. And so he is yeah. the chairman of the board. He's a racing guy. He, he races cars. Ichiro Toyota. Yeah. 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 Uh, switching gears a bit, but talking about grandfathers, uh, there was a, a gentleman who got in touch with me who inherited a 2009 Camry. And uh, he, well, was so happy that his grandfather left him this car because he didn't have a car. But he says that the oil just keeps disappearing. There's no oil under his car. There, there's no sign that the oil is, it's just evaporating. It's actually being burned by the engine. Alien abduction. 2009 Camrys. Uh, he needs to go to a dealership and have that engine inspected for excessive oil consumption. There was an extended warranty 
four of those for excessive oh. oil consumption. Okay. And he'll need to double check to find out if his car is covered under that. And if to and if it is, Toyota will step up and make the repairs for him. No charge. There you go. Um, Rick always has the answers. Give us a call toll free at 877-960-9960. Or we're taking a lot of texts. Take advantage, 772-497-6530. And I think that we are going to go to Brittany, who is in Jupiter. Good morning, Brittany. Hi, good morning. Hey, good morning. Welcome. Hi, I'm so excited that I got through. I'm a long-time listener. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, I've, got an, I've got a question. I've got a two-part question regarding my... 2010 Honda Accord. Okay. Well, the first question is, I'm coming up on 115,000 miles on my Accord. I purchased it used here in uh, West Palm Beach. Paid 17 out the door for my used Honda that had 35,000 miles on it. <clears throat> Can you tell I was a woman who walked in without a man to purchase a vehicle? Um. I did not bring my own financing, and I still owe uh, $4,000 on this vehicle after paying a big, fat lump payment, $5,000. I'm uh, mm -hmm. kind of confused as to how I'm still upside down in this vehicle. Um, with all of that being said, I'm, I'm uh, thinking about trading in my Honda. I don't have any major issues with it, but I, I wanted some advice. I'm coming up on 115,000 miles. I commute 20 miles a day, um, and I, I feel as though this would be the time to trade it in. And, uh, wanted your opinion on that, just a personal opinion. Well, Brittany, uh, my advice to you is to treat the value of your Honda Accord, your 2010, separately uh, from the transaction of whatever vehicle you decide to buy. Uh, you want to pretend just like you were selling your Honda Accord directly and you want to get as much money as you can. The best way to get the most money for a Honda used Honda is from a Honda dealer. Uh, Carfax is a possibility too. They're in Boynton Beach right just off of I-95 and it's worth the drive from Jupiter because they buy cars over the curb all the time. But I'd get that 2010 Honda Accord all dolled up. I'd have a nice detail done on it. Uh, engine detail too. Strangely enough, car dealers uh, can be swayed by uh, good smelling, good cleaning. You know, if you got the tires all detailed and on, and the whole nine yards, take it into Edmore's Honda, uh, take it into Delray Honda, um, take it into Johnson Honda in Martin County. You can go to three or four and into Car CarMax in Boynton, and you call ahead of time to save your time, uh, and you ask to speak to the used car manager, and you tell them what you want to do. The thing you want to be sure is you don't tell them you want to buy another car, because then that they will change the price that they offer you on your on your Honda Accord. Uh, you won't get a realistic value. Just tell them you want to sell it, and just say you're downsizing. You've got three cars in the family. Whatever story you want to make up, you're downsizing to two, and um, you're going to take it to two other Honda dealers besides them, and you're going to sell your car to the highest dealer. Say, I'd like to bring the car in, let you take a look at it, drive it, and um, do that. And when you get three bids on your vehicle, uh, or four bids, then you decide what car you want to buy. And you mentioned financing. This time, when you buy your next car by yourself, uh, 
go to your bank. Hopefully you have a credit union. If you don't, you can join a credit union very inexpensively and get a quote from a bank and a credit union uh, on what they would finance your vehicle for. That way you're armed with what your trade-in is really worth, maximum, and you also know the best uh, transaction or interest rate and terms for your financing. Then you pick the dealer you want to buy the car from, and that's a whole new story there uh, with researching the car and so on and so forth. But you can maximize your price with your 2010 Honda Accord uh, by doing the process I just described. Thank you so much. And Brittany, um, I have something uh, to add to that Uh, this time around. uh, Really make sure that you, uh, well, research the the vehicle that you want, you know, the make, the model, and the equipment, all of that before you even go into the dealership. And whenever you go in, you sound like a pretty confident woman. You go in with that confidence, and uh, you just go in with the knowledge, and it is, it's extremely helpful. And I can't stress enough keeping that vehicle that you have right now separate, absolutely separate, and getting two other prices on your Honda, and you'll get a great price for your car. And uh, also, you know, I always tell the ladies, uh, don't go in with the aspect, uh, the idea that uh, you're going to purchase that car today. It's not necessary. You can take all that information, uh, the information that you got before you went to the dealership, some of the information that the salesperson, well, shared with you, take it home and digest it and then go back. So by letting them know that you're not anxious and that you are a knowledgeable female consumer, you've got the edge. Very important. I hope we help. Thank you guys so much. I I just really uh, enjoy listening to your show every week and it's it's helped me form an opinion on what I should be doing and I just uh, mustered up the courage to give you guys a call. I just sincerely thank you for having this show. And we're and we're oh, sending you 50 bucks, too. Remember that. Thank you so much. And uh, courage, <laughs> thank you. Um, confidence. Uh, I, you sound like as if that you've got a lot of courage and a lot of confidence, and I hope that you give us a call again. And I have $50 for you as a first-time caller. Towards the car, thank you. Yeah, so give us a call again. Thank you, and good luck with uh, your purchase, whether it's used or new. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Give us a call toll free at 877 960 9960, or you can text us at 772. 497-6530, and Jim's calling us from Boynton. Welcome to the show, Jim. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. Um, So I I was texting Earl the other day about some, requesting some help about a um, pre-delivery service charge that we were getting put on, or that was on our contract (laughs) Uh. that I wanted to dispute. So I was getting some advice and everything, and I said I would call in to, Explain my experience with this particular dealership. <laughs> Thanks very much, Jim. Uh, Thank you. you can name the dealership if you like. We we usually do, but we don't want to pressure you if you'd rather not. No, I don't mind um, because it ends up being a bad experience anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, we went to Cog uh, and Acura in Fort Pierce, and um, this is the second time we were actually purchasing a car from them. And the first time wasn't a great experience except for the salesperson was a a great salesperson. That's the only reason we went back for it. 
And um, so anyway, this time we're looking at the car and everything, and we had to have the car shipped over from their other store over in Tampa. And in the midst of getting that shipped over and everything, I noticed the different fees on the contract that the registration was going to be nearly $700. And I said, as far as I understand, a transfer fee, you know, should be about $100 or so. And they were insisting that that was the transfer fee. Then um, I requested about not having to pay the pre-service fee. And the way it was worded in an email to me was that it was because our credit was bad, they had to buy the loan in order to us get the, a good rate. And so, therefore, there was no more profit available on the vehicle itself. So they didn't have room to in the profits to waive that free service fee. So I took that as, well, because you have bad credit, we're going to still charge you the fee to cover our cost of paying the loan, which I found out from Earl was illegal. And I sure enough mentioned that to them and everything, and they totally covered up saying the same thing that no it's because they have no profit in the car so the argument went on and everything and um i says you know i'm going to walk out because i'm not going to pay that fee and sure enough they shook hands and said have a great day Mm -hmm. so i'm like okay so um we're trying to call each other's bluff i guess at this point yes and as i went to the i went to the manager's office just to say you know my displeasure in the service because i here's the day i was supposed to pick up the vehicle and I waited in the in the lobby for over an hour for them to even show me the car because, again, we were, it was just coming over from Tampa. Mm-hmm. But they wanted me to sign the papers prior to seeing the car and everything, even test driving it. And so as I mentioned to the manager that, you know, I was displeased with their service. And he told me the car's been sitting out there for two hours. Why am I having an attitude? And mm-hmm. I just really got on top of me. And then I told him, you know, this is what your salespeople were telling me. And he basically called me a liar and that I was defaming his business because mm. I'm saying that his salespeople were a bunch of liars. And I said, and I, you know, we end up getting in an argument. <laughs> and, yeah. um, you know, so, and then at one point I said, look, I know I'm not like probably your best customer because I know I do have bad credit, but I'm still a customer to you, which I'm going to refer you or, mm-hmm. you know, or not refer you to other customers. He said, well, this business has been doing so well for so long that we do not need customers like you anyway. Wow. Oh, my and, gracious. And, and, having, yeah, and having the credit issues you do just goes to show what kind of character of a person you are. Oh. I was oh like, wow, okay. That is, that, that's and terrible. That's the worst of the worst. Yeah, that is as bad as it gets. Yeah. Jim, I'm really yeah, sorry. So I, I did mention. <laughs> go ahead. No, I, I was going to say I'm real sorry you had that experience. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead and, and finish because I, I want to be sure we get the exact location, repeat the name, and uh, we've got 20,000 listeners, a lot of them in the market where uh, sure. Coggenacra is located. But I want to be sure everyone uh, understands what sort of a dealership this is. And we will be mystery shopping them to document it, by the way. But I interrupted okay. you. Please yeah. go ahead. No, no, I was just going to mention that I did mention your name and that I was going to be calling the show to mention my experience with <laughs> with their dealership. And that's when the both managers kind of looked at each other. And then, but it still ensued in everything. So, um, and then I also sent a message to, I guess, their corporate office 
Good. And they were supposed to have their their CEO was going to contact me back, and I sent that on Tuesday night. Great. Well, I sent another I sent another message yesterday, and they still haven't called me back. But I'm going to make sure I address it with them also. Um, I mean, in the end, though, <laughs> we did end up getting the car anyway because we were sort of in a in a time crunch, and uh, my wife had a necessity for it and had to be out of town the very next day. So, I mean, we did purchase it, but just the experience of it and um, just the way they handled it was still not an appropriate way. But well, Jim, um, they're you know, I guess Jim, in the way they uh, won. <laughs> yeah, Cog- well, they didn't really. I think they lost because this is one of the more serious violations. I don't think they fully appreciate uh, it. Is a f- federal law that says that you cannot pass along a finance fee uh, to, and the price of the car. You cannot increase the price of the car. Uh, there's a uh, first of all, there shouldn't even be finance fees, but for people that have marginal credit, the special lending companies uh, like uh, Capital Bank does it. Uh, name a few other ones too that that are out there. The uh, oh, Capital One does a lot of these pre-approval yeah. mailers and things like they, that. Some some lending institutions mm-hmm. specialize in in in. Uh, people with poor credit and they have a a fee it can be i guess anything thousand dollars two thousand dollars uh there's no limit what they can charge uh and it has to be paid included in the in the uh in the price of the car well no no it has to be paid by the dealer right by the dealer right yeah it cannot be included in the price of the car i mean you can't negotiate a price and then they can't charge you that exactly well you don't know if the person coming in to buy the car, you don't know what the fee is going to be. So you basically, and what dealers do is they advertise the price of the car. And they sell the car for whatever price they can negotiate. In your case, they're telling you that they added this amount because of your bad credit. So they admitted to a violating a federal crime. Now, I wish you'd had someone with you there, and I wish you'd recorded this. They may even be careless enough to admit it. Uh, again, but uh, Sonic is the owner of of Coggin Acra. Uh, strangely enough, uh, Luther Coggin, the founder of the company, was a friend of mine. I have known, I knew Luther Coggin for many years, and his brother George, and they sold out to the Sonic Automotive Group many years ago. But the Sonic Auto Automotive Group is a publicly traded company on the stock exchange, I believe Nasdaq, and they're regulated by the Security Exchange Commission. Of all the companies out there that don't want to be breaking laws, uh, it is the Sonic Automotive Group. So uh, be sure and get through to the CEO uh, and tell okay. them that they have violated a federal lending regulation, truth in lending uh, regulation, by charging you for the uh, fee that they had to pay the finance company that they claimed they had to pay to get you financed. Very serious violation and I believe you will be able to get somebody's attention very seriously may even make an adjustment of some kind for you sure sure yeah I um you know and I did bring up also when we were talking about that service fee I said you know that is a it's not a mandatory fee there's no law stating that you have to charge that and then finally they said you're right you know it's strictly profit for us you know and that um but because of all this other stuff that we can't waive it, and it's it's a corporate mandatory fee. So like, again, you can't say it's mandatory because it's already not mandatory. You know, it's not a it's not a law. You have yeah. to charge it. It might just be something you want, yeah. but you can't is, make it a mandatory fee. <laughs> is Cogan exactly. accurate in Fort Pierce? 
Correct, the one on uh, US-1. Okay, well, all you folks out there listening uh, in the Treasure Coast and North, uh, Cog and Acura, you want to stay away from that dealership. Absolutely. Uh, And uh, we will mystery shop shop them and probably add them to the Do Not Buy list. Uh, We've got another caller, Jim. Thanks so much for calling. Please call again. Thank you. I'd love to hear whether you do or do not hear back from the CEO of Sonic. I'd love to hear that. Thank you for calling the show. And there's, there, there's just you. no reason to attack your character. And it says volumes about the dealership that you're dealing with. 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And we're going to take this call uh, from Frank and Jupiter Farms because we're, we're going to take one or two more calls because we're getting close to the mystery shopping report. Good morning, Frank. Welcome to the show. Well, good morning to you all. As always, it's a great way to start your Saturday morning listening to your show. Well, thank you. Yeah. Um, I'll be very quick since you're getting near the mystery shopping, which everyone loves to hear. Thank you. One or two quick things. The young lady that called from Jupiter about her Honda, and your your um, advice is excellent going to the Honda dealers and the CarMax, which um, my girlfriend did a few weeks ago in regards to her son's Honda, 2002, they had in the family since new. Honda was only going to give them um, $500. CarMax was going to do 1000 Then some Then ladies in the Jupiter area, another alternative is putting it out on the street with a sign. Since we have a segment of the population that really likes that cars that don't have a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And that thing could flip for $3,000 in like less than a week. Mm-hmm. So that's another option. Of course, then you're dealing with the public and things like that. But yeah. It's a, it's a different way. Great information. Yeah, that's a good idea. You got eBay and uh, Auto Trader, some other sources out there, uh, uh, even the Craigslist. You know, the further out you get to the public, the more risk you take, especially if you're a woman living alone. Uh, a lot of people, uh, you know, would not don't want to deal with strangers when they're trying to sell their car. But uh, if it's a if it's someone you know, that's that's a good way. If you can find someone you know uh, that wants to buy the car, you can really make them a good deal. Get a good deal for yourself. And on a whole totally different note, just last Friday, which I guess was yesterday, i um, been toying with the idea of maybe getting an RV. So we went to La Mesa RV. Hmm. You talk about the salespeople up there. Wow. <laughs> anyway, they uh, we were toying with the idea of getting a Class A, brand-new Winnebago, almost 300000 So we took it for a test drive. Uh, the first time we made a right turn, engine kind of stalled oh boy because i believe there was contamination of the fuel and we went through some rain no one knew how to turn on the wipers <laughs> even the salesman didn't know where they were. <laughs> as we're driving down the road 95 oh. um you hear the squeaks and rattles i mean it sounded like a tin lizzie oh, and he said oh yeah what you do you just get some star from and stick it between the doors and you stick it on <laughs> the drawers and you stick it over here I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a you know an expensive vehicle star foam sticking over this. <laughs> the um, the stair one of the stairs fell off on the steps coming up into a, a brand new. This is a brand new, brand new. A, wow. <laughs> and so anyway, thank goodness it did not fit in my garage. I got a thirty by sixty um, barn with twelve foot door, wow. and it was too too tall to go in there. And so there was an easy way out of that transaction, but. Anyway, it was just, um, not that you're ever going to miss your shop on Mesa, but it's, uh, it's a unique. The only good thing is, for your public, if they like, on Friday, Saturdays, and Sundays, they have a free barbecue 
oh. when it comes in there. Hamburgers and um, cheeseburgers and hot dogs and potatoes and chips and cookies and sodas. Oh. And they wouldn't tell me. They said they got a certain bunch of people in the wintertime that would just come in there and have their free food every day because it's so there at least some you can tell someone they can get a free lunch up there. Well, that's a good idea. And last but not least, yeah, La Mesa up in near um, Port St. Lucie. But um, and I, as they say, you can learn something new every day. I did not know about the white paint thing until I heard it on your show today. So, as well, always, you guys do great. I appreciate it, and I'll get off for the next people before you get to mystery shopping. Well, great call as usual, Frank. Uh, yeah, you're definitely. we we count on you now. Be sure to call next week. We really do appreciate your calls. Okay, thank you, guys. Thanks, Frank. Have a nice day. Bye-bye. We look forward to hearing from you uh, next <coughs> week. Great. Uh, eight seven seven. 960-9960, and uh, we have a text number, 772-497-6530. we got four texts back up, Rick. Okay, two quick qu- uh, answers to our previous texters. The Ford Edge, or the SUV they were asking about, 2008. Their maintenance schedule is an oil change every 7,500 miles and transmission fluid change every 30,000 miles and... Included on that 30,000-mile service, they want a cabin air filter changed, the engine air filter changed, the fuel filter changed, and I've never even heard of this, a climate-controlled seat filter. That's a nine-year-old car, so that tells you that the newer cars are really having far less Getting a lot better. So uh, keep that in mind. When you get a bargain on an older car, on a used car lot, you're also getting an unbargain, a non-bargain on your maintenance requirements if you want to take care of the car. And one other quick one for that Toyota Supra that the gentleman asked about. (coughs) Supras will be available with two choices of engine, either the inline six-cylinder turbo-powered or the four-cylinder turbo-powered engine, but it is very unlikely to have a manual transmission. This is coming from Road and Track Magazine's website that the Supra will not have a stick shift. I don't believe it. Wow. They say it may I be offered in the future, yeah. but for right now they can find no evidence of a stick shift transmission for the new Supra. I'll, ta- I'll, take, the, I'll take the odds and bet they're wrong. Um, I'm on your side. Okay, we got some text. Let's I'm going to get this. through these rapid fire. Here we go. So we got Johnny from Riviera Beach says, A.G. Pam Bondi said, in the state of Florida, price gouging will not be tolerated. And she prosecuted a couple of businesses for price gouging after Hurricane Irma. Well, dealer fees should be considered price gouging, and someone should bring this to her attention so she can prosecute these dealers. Here, here. We applaud. I think that doesn't really require a response, except we agree with you Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so we have, as you know, we are international, and so we have a Canadian uh, viewer um, on our Facebook feed. Uh, Guy says, hi, I winter in Jensen Beach, as winters in Canada can be brutal, no kidding. Uh, my question, can you take a Canadian car in on trade? And I think he means, in general, dealers, will they take an, a Canadian car in on trade? Yes, we do. And uh, we take, take them in not... Uh, infrequently because there are a lot of mm-hmm. Canadian uh, we have some difficulties issues with the odometers and some odometers can be switched back and forth uh, between kilometers and miles per hour but outside of that uh, they're just great for trades okay moving on Steve asks uh, is auto trader in Florida and by the way Steve is in New Jersey he's a regular listener and uh, texter he says is auto trader in, New- in Florida they gave me 2000 for a Mercury Sable 
that the Acura dealer bid 500 for. In New Jersey, the dealers all seem to lowball the value of a trade. And the answer to that is yes, Auto Trader is global, and you can find listings and list your own car anywhere in the world. It's really a great thing for the yeah. consumer with the buyer beware caveat, obviously, but every almost every car in the world, used car in the world, is listed on Auto Trader. And Steve has a follow-up question. Um, he said... Uh, Oh, actually, you know what? I think uh, that was a, that might have been a voice-to-text or an autocorrect problem because I think it's clear here. It says, uh, Steve says, Coggin, we were talking about Acura Coggin, uh, Coggin Acura. Coggin was where I found out that all-wheel drive is unobtainable in Florida. Uh, that's part of why, why I bought the car in New Jersey, and, and that is true. It is harder to find an all-wheel drive vehicle down here, but not impossible. Yeah. Hey, briefly, before we go there, let's tell our audience that may have been listening last week. Remember the fellow with the truck? It could not be fixed because the truck was too big. Oh, yeah. And then he called Ford Motor Company, and Ford said, there are no dealers in Florida. What did we find out? Uh, We found out that Palmetto Ford in Miami is capable of handling these big rigs, even much bigger than the caller called about. So we called a friend of ours who's got a Ford dealership locally, and he uh, got on the horn and and found found the location for us. And Sawgrass Ford? No, Palmetto. Palmetto Ford. Yep. Palmetto Ford. If you got a big Ford truck, they'll fix it. Ford did not know the answer to that because our caller actually called Corporate Ford Motor Company, and they didn't know. So Ford Motor Company, if you're listening, you do have a dealer in Miami, Palmetto Ford, that can fix big trucks. So you can tell all the executives at Ford. That's right. And we're getting through these things quickly. So the last text is also on our Facebook feed, and it's a time-honored question. It says, when is the best time of the month to buy a car, beginning or end of the month, and why? End of the month? Sounds like an old wives' tale, urban legend, or something like that. It is true. And the end of the year is uh, really a great time to buy the car. We don't mean literally the 31st or, or New Year's Day. Uh, we need within two or three days yeah. of the end of the month or the end of the year. And the uh, manufacturers go crazy with big incentives. The dealers go crazy. The salesmen go crazy. The advertising, it's like a selling frenzy. So you get your do your homework before you buy the car. Get your best price in the middle of the month and then hold it, even though they'll tell you it won't be good tomorrow. It right. will be. Hold it till the end of the month and go back. You might save yourself a thousand dollars. Yeah. Another bit of good advice is, as we get <coughs> towards the end of the year, it's highly unlikely that manufacturers make the incentives worse. So the salesperson or the manager might say, "This incentive is going away at the end of the month." When you're down in October, November, uh, it could, but it's highly unlikely. So those incentives are likely to get better as you get closer to December. Exactly. Great information right here with our team of experts. Now we've got a. We have the mystery shop. Yeah, we have a mystery shop. We have a, a special caller, and I don't know whether she's going to be able to call in. Diana Neal, uh, West Coast of Florida, a Facebook friend of mine, mm-hmm. John Neal, bought a vehicle in her market over there on the West Coast and uh, really got ripped off pretty bad. And she, on her own, independently, after fighting it out with a dealer and losing, hired an attorney. Had the dealer served at his home with the papers, (laughs) took the dealer to court, and prevailed in court. So, Diana Neal, you are our hero. And, John Neal, you're lucky to have a wife like that. I'm telling you, this is priceless. uh, Diana, if you can't call the show, we're getting in to the mystery shopping report that we do now. This week, please call again. Because Nancy, especially. Yes, we, I was really looking forward to hearing from you, Diane. Like I said, this kind of information is priceless for you to share with 
the team that's right here in the studio, and so many women who are listening to the show. So give us a call next week. One more thing before we get to the Mystery Shopping Report, I want to remind you about that fabulous website that Earl created, and that is youranonymousfeedback.com. Youranonymousfeedback.com. It has been an amazing invention because we've heard from so many for anything that you want to write about. Yeah, your anonymity is guaranteed. Your anonymity is guaranteed. I said that twice because I'm so proud that I can say anonymity without... And uh, this uh, particular website is called, well, the company is Incognito, N-E-A-T-O, Incog, but they spelled N-I-N-C-O-G, N-E-A-T-O. That's a company. This company for anonymous feedback is used by blue chip companies all over like uh, Adobe and Tesla and uh, public broadcasting service. So uh, people that really want to guarantee their employees and their customers and them to use this. So if you go to www.youranonymousfeedback.com, youranonymousfeedback.com, you can speak to us about anything. Uh, we'd like to have constructive criticism about the show. Yes, I mean, absolutely. If you don't, if you if you think I talk too much, tell me. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you think that we don't take enough callers, if you think that we talk too fast, too slow, we love some constructive criticism because we want to make our show better. www.youranonymousfeedback.com. Now, for the highlight of the show, our mystery shopping report. Stu, I get uh, asked all the time, how do we access the Mystery Shopping Reports? Uh, mm-hmm. We post them online. That's correct. You go to earlongcars.com. On the right hand of the page, it has all of our important links, and one of them is Mystery Shopping Mystery Reports. Shopping. Mm-hmm. So you can catch some of the oldies. Mm-hmm. And you dealers out there, you dealers go to earloncars.com and go to Mystery Shopping Reports link. You might find, you probably will, if you're a South Florida dealer, you probably will find your dealership's uh, shopping report, and if you want to sue me and you miss the show, you can find it in writing. <laughs> right, and you can show that. Just email send, to your lawyer. Send yes. that to your attorney. It's easy. Yeah. Yeah. Excuse me for one moment, ladies. I can't stress to you enough. Youranonymousfeedback.com. We would love to hear from you. How do you feel about the show? Do you feel that the ladies are getting enough attention? Maybe too much attention? Would you like to change the show in some way about ladies? Youranonymousfeedback.com. Remember, ladies, we just want a buying experience that's transparent and straightforward. So take advantage of that website. Now back to the recovering car dealer. Shopping Target, mystery shop of Napleton, the infamous Napleton. Napleton. Palm Beach Acura. Now, bear in mind, we have no Napleton stores on our recommended list. This may be the first, or maybe it's not. It's been 18 months since Earl Stewart and Cars Mystery Shop, Napleton's Palm Beach Acura, on Okeechobee Boulevard in West Palm Beach. That investigation put them on the do not recommend list for an old school beaten down of Agent X. It just absolutely, it was one of the worst we'd seen. I can still remember that report. It was brutal. And we were shocked because... uh, Acura is an upscale car, Lexus, Infinity yeah. kind of a thing. And usually your luxury car dealerships have a higher type clientele and a higher type sales force. But this was old school. This is uh, Napleton so, school. 
Napleton School, right? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Napleton no, School no of Hard No more old school. Napleton <laughs> School of Hard Knocks. Yeah. <laughs> High pressure back and forth, every trick in the book from enormous addendum sticker to multiple large dealer fees. And wait, there's more. Uh, the time we investigated them before, that was back in October 2016, it was a two-part mission involving a too-good-to-be-true new car ad and a Takata um, ad for uh, car for sale. That's when we started the Takata investigation. Seems like yesterday, but oh. it's been over two years. The results were split with Napleton's Palm Beach Acura failing the new car portion and passing the Takata yeah, portion. I want to interject. I want to apologize. Cause we've been, gi- been giving credit to Wallace and Easy Pay Cars as the only one to pass it. This was in the archives here. I pulled this up. I saw this picture. You can maybe put it on this on the screen. Oh, yeah. But yeah. they passed it, and I I, yeah. I apologize to Ed Napleton for not mentioning that the last, yeah. the last few weeks. Yeah, it's, it was actually surprising. A nice sticker too. This was on the cars that have the defective airbags, and uh, this is a good thing. Okay. So, the time we investi- investigated them before that was about okay. Uh, the results were split with Nabal. Okay, that's right. They passed the Takata test. We had to double check the archives to be sure, and uh, there it was. Actually, disclosed it. But the old school Napleton style um, buy sell kind of a thing, uh, deceptive and everything else was so bad we failed them. Mm-hmm. At the time, we faulted them on advertising Takata cars online for failing to tell our shopper about the recall when he called to confirm availability. But we were pleased they chose not to sell them. So when we went to Takata hunting this week, we were happily surprised to find a 2008 Chrysler 300 listed for sale on Naples Palm Beach Acura website for $6,471. This vehicle has an incomplete passenger side Takata recall. Parts are available, but the repairs have not yet been done. We searched the rest of our inventory for a backup, but the Chrysler was the only one with a Takata recall. We put H and X, our very best, on the case. Speaking as if I'm Agent X, and I'm not. I'm too recognizable. (laughs) I called first and spoke to Maria. She told me she was a VIP specialist and asked how she could help me. It's something you'd see in a luxury car dealership. We only are nice if you're a VIP. There's so many different names and titles. It's a whole show on it. I asked her about the Chrysler 300 I found on their website, and she offered to check to see if it was available. I listened to her hum and tap on the keyboard for a few seconds before she before she reported that they had the car there. I asked her to be sure. I didn't want to waste time. She said she would have it waiting for me and asked when I'd be there. I said I'd be there at 6 p.m. Maria instructed me to ask for Amy. Now we've got Maria and we've got Amy. I was about to pull into the dealership and I received a text from Maria. She said she just learned that the Chrysler 300 had been sent to the auction today because of mechanical problems. I texted back that I'd arrived and I talk that I had arrived and I talk about it with them with Amy. I was angry. Should be angry. I asked the receptionist for Amy but was told she was with customers. Instead of Amy I could stand. Now we got Maria and we got Amy and we got Stan. Stan was nice but green. So <laughs> wasn't feeling well. Okay. <laughs> Come on. He said it, he said Context. It was, yes. He said it was his first week in the car business, and he was a former chef. Yeah. That's a strange change from chef to car salesman. Mm. He was a chef in a French restaurant. I, just, I omitted that. Sorry. Is that right? Yeah. Oh. I told Stan how unhappy I was that I 
called to make sure the car I wanted was there, and I was told it was unavailable. Only to be told otherwise at the last minute. I asked him if he had a similar car in the same price range. I said price was more important, and I would consider a different style. Stan seemed a little more overwhelmed and said he would get the used car manager to help before he left. He asked me my price range. I told him no more than $9,000. He left for 10 minutes returned with Natalie. So now we got Maria, Amy, Stan, and Natalie, who shook my hand and introduced herself to me as the used car manager. So <clears throat> i got to give a kudo. Nancy will agree with this. Absolutely. A used car manager, female. Mm -hmm. I don't think I know of a <coughs> female used car manager. Now I do. This is the first. First. For me. So too. congratulations on the Naples organization. I beat you up. I beat you down. I say bad things about Naples stores. I've said two good things now. They were careful on the Takata shop before. Uh, yet to be determined for this one. But kudos for having a female used Absolutely. car. Absolutely. Congratulations, Natalie. And Natalie began by apologizing for not telling me about the 300 being wholesale. That's the Chrysler 300 being wholesale in time. And took the blame herself. I like that. She said she'd inadvertently told Maria that it was here. And when she realized her mistake, she called Maria immediately and told her to let me know. I said thanks, but I was already at the dealership when Maria told me. I asked her what was wrong with the 300, and she said the air conditioning blower motor was bad, one of the motor mounts was cracked, and it had an airbag recall. She said she had two other cars in mind that would work for me, a Hyundai Azera and a uh, Nissan Altima. I chose the Hyundai. My first love was named uh, Azera. Really? Yeah. It's an exotic name. I was 17 name. years old, a zero. I'm sure there's no relation. Natalie <laughs> asked, uh, that was her last name, not her Was she Korean? Mary, a zero. No. Natalie asked Stan to take it from there. That was really a digression, wasn't it? Uh. That's okay. You're entitled. I think I need a checkup. You're the only one who doesn't digress in here. <laughs> but Stan, I digress. Yes. <laughs> Stan got the keys to the Azera. Now this is going to haunt me, a zero. Your heart rate's kind of... She was really up. pretty yeah, you're yeah. Yeah. Blue <laughs> eyes, black hair. <laughs> you seem smitten right now. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Nancy. You're blushing. As we approached the car, <laughs> I, I asked him it. if it had been checked out in their service department, and he said it had. Any issues, I asked? We replied that it shouldn't have any problems. He sat inside, tried to start the engine. <laughs> it wouldn't start. <laughs> no issues. You know, <laughs> when, I, when I first started selling cars for my father, this was one of my... Yeah. I started on the used car lot, and... Uh, the terror, I mean, the fear that the car wouldn't start. Yeah. You know, when cars sell a lot for a long time. Yeah, you can't blame. This is this yeah. is this is okay. They, Stan this was embarrassed and ran to get a jumper, jumper cable. Uh, I won't. I, I got a corny joke. I wouldn't say that. I looked the car over for a while uh, while he was gone. It had an unusual window sticker on it. It listed the vehicle information on it, but there, where the price would normally go, there was. Uh, KBB, standing for Kelly Blue Book, 10479 with a line through it. And uh, I don't know. That was That's unusual. Why would that be there like that? When Stan came back, I asked him about it. He said this car was one of the ones on fall special. Hmm. The used car manager would supply the price. You have to ask for the price. He hooked up on the jump box to the battery. <coughs> hooked up the jump box to the battery. Started the car. After our test drive, we returned to the office and sat at Stan's desk. He asked me how I was paying for the car. 
I said I was paying cash because I had terrible credit and wouldn't want to buy, uh, pay a high interest rate even if I could get approved. My answer was, seemed to satisfy this green pea, and he said he'd go get the price from, the Natalie, from Natalie. Stan returned with Natalie at his side. She sat down, explained that the price was originally 10479 but she would apply the fall special discount. Before she told me what that would be, she asked if I wanted to add the Napleton experience. It sounds like a band in the 60s. Yeah, it, it's, uh, <laughs> I, I, I shrugged my shoulder. <laughs> this is a luxury car version of the Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, this is the addendum label, the infamous, but here it's called the Napleton experience. Right. I think before our show, they were playing something from the Napleton experience on the yeah. True Oldies. <laughs> so we didn't, we didn't know what it was. So for an additional $1,395, here's what you get. Free car washes for life. Oh, boy. Mm. Okay. One week, or oh, uh, one year That's better. of maintenance. Now, <laughs> one week would be terrible. <laughs> <laughs> one year. That would be a true Naples experience. This is the Naples experience. <laughs> Unlimited multi-point inspections. This is my favorite because okay. a multi-point inspection is something the dealers do to find something wrong with a car so they can charge you for it. So we'll right. come in and find something wrong with your car that we can charge you for for free, for free. and that's unlimited multi you could come in every day Say right. and get a multi-point <laughs> inspection found something else sir <laughs> find something new every day <laughs> pre-vacation checkup i guess Who's that's vacation for, that's for the car i yeah I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> service managers <laughs> loaner vehicle Natalie's program going above and beyond they don't <laughs> tell you what the loaner vehicle program is but there you have that They'll probably loan you a vehicle theft coverage at 45 dollars a day future traded bonus of $1,000 over Kelly Blue Book if I did all my maintenance with Napleton, mm. if you came in every day for a multi-point inspection. Uh, VIP waiting area with snacks and Wi-Fi. Now, where do they put the non-VIPs? I don't know, but if I bought a car from them, I would definitely eat $1,395 yeah. of and snacks. And if you don't sign up for this, <laughs> no bagels. When you walk up to get a bagel, if you don't have your VIP card, crackers for they you. grab it. <laughs> Saltine crackers and water for you. <laughs> Free professional Auto appraisals. That's great. Yeah, we will lowball your trade. Right. Come you, on you in. At no charge. You, you missed the local towing service. Local mm -hmm. towing service. Exactly. Uh, that's a guy, a guy named Eddie. Yeah. Eddie's towing service. Enrollments in Naples Rewards Program. This is hysterical. You know, the funny thing about this is that everybody gets the same thing. Yeah. But they want to charge you thirteen ninety five for it. I guarantee you, if you pass on that, or they reduce the price, you still get it. You still get it. Yeah. Everybody is it. Because everything they put here is to sell you more products. Get you sell in the you door. More service. No thanks, I said. <laughs> Natalie didn't press the issue. Kudos <coughs> to Natalie. And, uh, you know, I didn't mention we have Maria, who's female. We have Natalie, who's female, the used car manager and the salesperson. Uh, they get a lot of females out there at Naples and Acura, kudos. Before she did, uh, she asked if I had any questions. I asked her if the car had been in an accident. She said she'd get the Carfax report for me. She came back with a Carfax report and a worksheet buyer's order. She said she wanted to give me a great deal to make up for my inconvenience, inconvenience of having the car I want wholesale. She reviewed the Carfax first. It showed that the Hyundai had been in a rear-end collision. She noted that the report indicated the vehicle was functional after the incident. Now, I, I've, I've got to tell you something about Carfax that I 
kind of learned recently. We've had a couple incidences lately at our dealership, and full transparency, I am a, still a car dealer, albeit a recovering car dealer. So I haven't got time to plug the book right now, but Confessions of a Recovering Car Dealer. Uh, we have found out that sometimes clean Carfax can be said. The Carfax yep. has no accidents, but there has, in fact, been an accident. So do not take the Carfax, clean Carfax, no accident report as anything other than the fact that they don't know about yeah. it. Timing is everything. Timing is everything. We, each, we actually had a car that we sold that was in a late model a demonstrator that, w that had been hit in the back uh, in the bumper so lightly that there was no damage. Uh, it was just a, t a tip tap. And our employee who was driving the vehicle did the very conscientious thing to report it. You should report all accidents. Yeah. You never know when someone's going to claim they got whiplash, uh, they're going to sue you. You should always report an accident. And this was just a tap. So six months ago we sold this car and found out uh, that when he bought it there was no accidents. Uh, there had been an accident, but there was no damage. Don't take Carfax for the gospel. Carfax is not the gospel, and be very careful with that. At any rate, in the process here after the clean Carfax, she added an $899 dealer fee, a $129 e-filing fee, a $99 tag agency fee, a $199 dock fee. I think this is a tie for the record. Four dealer fees. The dealer fee is a dealer fee, $899. The e-filing fee is a dealer fee. The tag agency fee is a dealer fee. And the dock fee is a dealer fee, $1,326 in dealer fees. Mm -hmm. At any rate, that's the story. That's what happened. Uh, no Napleton stores are on the recommended list. Should they be on the recommended list, let's take a quick vote because we're probably down to about two minutes. Two. This two. is one of these bar beware things that uh, Natalie's uh, was very professional. I think she was great. They didn't sell the Dakota car. Whether or not that was because of the recall um, or it was because of the other issues, but if you're prepared and you know what to look out for, these dealer fees, the addenda, uh, you might have a good time. I, I'm, I'm gonna, I want to pass them. I want to give them a C. We're on the curve. we got a score on the curve. Uh, Nancy. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. To uh, Natalie, uh, Amy, and uh, Maria, congratulations. Uh, as far as uh, Stu talking about buyer beware, knowledge is power. And uh, th there's, a, there's a lot of ups and downs here, ins and outs, and a lot of things offered that are, you know, offered every day. Give us and, a score. And the, uh, the Napleton experience, uh, I give it uh, <laughs> a, a C. Okay. Rick? I'm agreeing with the C. I say put them on the recommended list for now. I'm going to give them a B. I, I know that's crazy. Uh, maybe I'm getting emotional, but I think we should. They've got three women working there, a woman used car manager. That we know courteous. Mm -hmm. they got too many dealer fees. I'm going to give you a B. Congratulations, Ed Napleton. The only one of your dealerships on the list. You've got one. 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 one down. You've got five or six or seven to go. Ed Napleton, if... Acura can do it, so can the rest of your dealerships. So we'd like to see 
all of your other dealerships moved from the do not buy list to the recommended list. But congratulations again, Ed Napleton. He yes. has a home here. That's by the, the way. Mystery Shop from Napleton and Palm Beach Acura. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us this morning. And we do appreciate you. Have a wonderful weekend, and we will see you next week. <laughs>